0: It's good to see everybody. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to continue what I started last week, and there is not enough time for me to cover all the information in this in a couple weeks, but I'm going to give you as much as I can. And we're just going to continue with the thought that we had before. We're going to the book of Genesis, chapter number 3. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. So that's going to be the enemy's plan, is he's going to take some truth and twist it on you. Okay, you know when the enemy is lying to you is every time his lips are moving If the devil's lips are moving he's lying to you All right, so keep that in mind For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof Then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods Knowing good and evil And the woman saw that the tree was good for food you said, As soon as he said that in verse 5 She should have took off running the other way the only problem was she stayed too long how many times has God told us you better get out of here and we stayed just a little too long you stayed just a little too long now there's a message for you put that one down ginger I'll give that one to you when you stay too long and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes And a tree to be desired to make one wise? See, it made all the sense in the world to her. The devil will try to convince you that it makes all the sense in the world for this to happen in your life. It makes all the sense in the world for this decision to to happen. It just makes sense. God says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And God's sense is not our sense. I'm going to throw that two cents in there. And what we think is not what he thinks. Okay. Well, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it to her husband also, and he did eat. He was so powerful, wasn't he? Yeah, he just standing there in line. Honey, whatever did, just give it to me, baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. Hallelujah. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And last week I preached this part one. Today is part two. Fig leaves don't last. Fig leaves don't last. Amen. Genesis 3.3, But of the the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Ezekiel 18, 20, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. So God had to implement a plan. He had to implement the plan. God had to take it upon himself. Listen, nothing that you and I can do is ever going to suffice what God requires of us. Okay? We cannot be saved with our works. I like it when when people ask me, Can you explain to me what being born again is? And so I explained to them what being born again is according to 1 Corinthians 15:1 through 4, and according to Acts 2, and according to John 3. And um, a lot of them if they are of a religious mind, they say, "Well, that's works." You should all you should have to do is believe. But if you look in the Greek in the New Testament, when the word believe means to take action, to take action upon what you are believing. I don't know how many times Prophet Tom's been here and told people, if you do this, this, this you can be a millionaire. And then I've seen them go on vacation. They said, well, Prophet going to be a millionaire. Not on vacation, you're not going to be a millionaire. Listen, if you could go on vacation and become a millionaire, a lot of us would do that. Amen. I asked my, I asked my father-in-law one time, I said, why, do, why don't more people do this? He said, well, if it's easy, everybody do it. And so... God had to implement a plan here to get man to where he needed to be. So the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. We call that the doctrine of substitution. He he substituted the life of the animal and took the skins to cover the nakedness of man. Instead of man dying, God let the animal die. And then all through history, we see that it was in in Egypt and it was in the Uh, After egypt in the promised land and then all the way to the time of the lord jesus coming on the earth God had a plan and that was he was going to have to robe himself in flesh and dwell among men. Amen So god is robing himself in flesh the almighty god Of the old testament arrived on earth in the body of jesus christ And so this is where we were last week and i'm going to i'm almost done reviewing amy. I had to do it John one and one in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God as everybody knows that comes from that word word comes from the Greek word logos which means if you want to look it up it's Strong's number three thousand four da 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 something said including the thought or the motive in the beginning was the thought and the thought was with God and the thought was God in the beginning was the motive. And the motive was with God, and the motive was God. Then verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh, dwelt among us. So, and the thought was made flesh. The motive of God became flesh. Jesus Christ coming to earth and dying for our sins was the motive of God. It was the plan of God. You see, Jesus had to be born of a virgin birth. Now, Brother John Worley there is working on his master's degree. And we are keeping track of him on Wednesday nights when he teaches us because we go to class with him. Yes. And sometimes you get to watch videos and movies, and sometimes it's just lecture for an hour. No, he says 20 minutes. He, and he always brings Michelle with him, and she puts a lot of pressure on him. I've, I've been praying that he gets delivered from that pressure, but... He says good stuff, and this this deal of robing him, the Lord robed himself in flesh. Brother Johnny, a lot, there's a big percentage of the church world, the the traditional church world, that does not even believe in the virgin birth anymore. They don't even believe in the virgin birth anymore. A lot of mainstream Protestant. Religions do not and organizations do not believe in the virgin birth anymore and in the incarnate word anymore But in order for the plan of God to work, you see it had to have special precious blood That sacrifice had to become and had to come from a spotless lamb It had to come from a lamb that had no no blemish and no sin it had to ha- come from different blood than what pumps through our bla- veins. Man, I can't even talk. Because what pumps through our veins is corrupt blood. Our blood carries diseases. Our blood carries impurities. Our blood can carry infections. Our blood can, it can be contaminated very, very easy. So there had to be some special blood. And the only way to get special blood is it had to come from a special source. And so the special source was God had to incarnate himself in a human body. And in that human body, the blood comes from the Father, so therefore the blood of Jesus was precious blood because it had never been tainted by man before. Amen? And so God, the thought was, I'm going to robe myself in flesh and die for the sins of man, and the motive was I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it on the cross. Amen. John chapter one uh, 5 says, All things were created by him, talking about Jesus Christ, and without him was nothing or not anything made that was made. Galatians 4, 4 says, But when the right time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman subject to the law. Now, the same spirit that hovered over the waters in Genesis 1, 2 is the same spirit that hovered over Mary in Luke 1. and what is living in the body of jesus christ was the eternal spirit of god that was there during creation that's why john 1 5 says all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made but you see the spirit had to have basically let me say it this way a spaceship because if i die right now my body's going back to the earth from where it came but my spirit is in eternity yes same way with all y'all. All of you are the same way. What's making you animated, what's making you alive is the spirit inside of your body. And so what God needed was he needed a body. When we say the Son of God, we are referring to the body that came right there in Galatians 4.4. 4. All right, let's go on. Luke 1.35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost, everybody say the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost, come on. The Holy Ghost. We're going on three, ready? One, two, three. The Holy Ghost, yes, thanks. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. What was born of her? The body was born. The body was the Son of God. Never in the scriptures will you find the term God the Son. Never. Never in the scriptures will you find the term God the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Never. You will find God the Father. You will find that term in the scriptures, but you will never find God the Son or God the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Why? Because they are all one in the same. You have here the angel said that shall which is, which is born of you is called the Son of God. So let's get do some Jesus quotes here. John 8, 56. He said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? They want to put him in a nut house. They want to put him down there in Alton. Yes, locked up. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. But the body did not come until Bethlehem. What is he talking about here? He is talking about the eternal spirit that lived inside of him. You see, you and I will never, ever die. Our spirit will live on forever somewhere. Once you were born out of the universe into that body, brothers and sisters, you remember the scrolls in heaven? Once you, your scroll it was assigned a body and here you came crashing to the earth, amen, here you are now and forevermore. Somewhere we will spend eternity. We will either spend it in the presence of the Lord or we will spend it in torments in the lake of fire. Jesus is saying here, I was before Abraham because the spirit inside of this body was before Abraham. Amen. John 43, 10 says this, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, I, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he Before me there was no God formed neither shall there be after me God says in Isaiah 43. I am he I am What does Jesus say down there last verse 58? I am is there more than one? I am if there is we're gonna have problems. Amen. John 10:30. Jesus said I and my father are one King James. Amplified, I and the Father are one. Oh, hey now. How about this one? This was a nice one. John chapter 14, verse 16. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. You want to know how you want to get the Holy Spirit in your life? You've got to start looking for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. You've got to want the Holy Ghost to come into your life. Now, there's no difference between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. Spirit just seems a little bit smoother and very nicer rather than the Holy Ghost. But, you know, it's all the same thing. The Ghost is the spirit of a departed one. Amen. So you got to be looking for the Holy Ghost, but you know him. Now look at what Jesus says here. You know him because he lives with you. Who was living with the disciples? Who was sleeping with the disciples? Who was taking cruise ship uh, tours on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples? Who was walking with the disciples? Who was doing miracles with the disciples? It was Jesus. Jesus said, You know him. You know who? Who, who is he? Him, who's him? He is the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here. You know him because he lives, who? The Holy Spirit lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus did not say that when I go away, I'm going to send somebody else to come there. He said, I'm now with you, basically, and I shall be in you. Amen. They were talking about Jesus. That's why Jesus had to ascend to the Father, because as long as He was operating in the the office of the Son, which is redemption, He could not return and fill their lives in the office of regeneration, being born again. And that's what He said Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. Thank you very much. John 14, 5. Then saith unto Him, This is Thomas. Thomas says, We know not whither you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Boy, a lot of people like that, chat, that verse, that passage. They like to quote that, but let's go on. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you, have, you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it will satisfy us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you and yet thou hast not known me, Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Oh, man, he's dropping bombs on him right here. Isaiah 43, 11, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Everybody say, no Savior. He said in Isaiah 43, I alone am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Then Luke chapter 2, verse 11. This must have been a renegade angel because the angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Are you saying there's two saviors? No way. I'm saying there's just one Savior. The God of the Old Testament in Isaiah 43 became the Savior of the world in Luke chapter number 2. Woo-hoo. Come on now. The God of the Old Testament, his name, they knew him by many names. They knew him by Jehovah. They knew him by Yahweh. They knew him by El, uh, El Shaddai. They knew him by uh, all sorts of compound names. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidkenu. All of these, are the God that, that makes things happen. The God that protects, the Lord's our banner, Jehovah Rohi, the God that heals. They knew all of these But there was one name that they could not say and use in that uh, Old Testament setting. And that was Jehovah is the Savior. And the only way that would happen is when that angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. That name Jesus means Jehovah has become salvation. In the Old Testament, he was a healer. In the Old Testament, he was a banner. In the Old Testament, he was peace. But when he arrived on the scene in the New Testament, he became the savior of the world. Amen? And today we felt him in this place as we worship. Maybe you're feeling him right now. I'm telling you, you can walk with him on Monday. You can walk with him on Thursday. You can feel him when you're not in church. You can feel him when you're in, when in church. You can feel him when you're in the heat of the battle Why? Because he said I'm now with you But I shall be in you Amen Is there anybody in here that's got the Lord Jesus In your heart and life? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost Give the Lord a praise right now Yes, I'm talking about something that's real Not two saviors, one savior One savior Ginger, you know where those real Prophecies are? The filing cabinet in the office you find them I think there might be an ambers then your side the wheel of prophecies you'll find them all right Peter's declarations everybody say brother Peter brother Peter brother Peter was sanguine if he'd have been at the weekend a couple weeks ago he'd have been sanguine he was sanguine Sanguines are the life of the party they're talkers they talk before they're even asked to talk they won't shut up they say good things sometimes they say wrong things Peter was one of those guys but he made a declaration Jesus is looking at him we're in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples saying whom do men say that I the son of man am?" and they said some say that you're John the Baptist. So you know it's just Jesus and the bros here. It's just Jesus and the disciples. And then some, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elias or Elijah, others Jeremiah or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So he's getting all these answers from them. And he looks at him and says, But who do you say that I am? Who do you think I am? And look who answers first. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Anointed One. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now I want you to take notice of that right now. Because what I've been talking to you about the last couple of weeks is you're going to have to have a spiritual revelation of this thing. You're going to have to, when you finally realize who Jesus is, it's going to be because the Spirit has opened up your understanding. Amen. Amen. And so he says, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said unto him, you're, you're, you have been blessed, Simon Barjona, and I say unto thee, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, not only was Jesus talking about Peter would be instrumental in the foundation of the church, but he was talking about that the power behind that church would be the revelation of who Jesus Christ really was. You see, he wasn't just a teacher, he wasn't just a prophet, but he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was God Almighty wrapped in flesh. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Paul has conversation. He had a conversion here. What does Paul say? Acts chapter number nine, verse three. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And when he said, Who art thou, Lord? Now I want you to know something. Saul was a Pharisee. Okay. Saul had credentials. Saul was of the religious people of his time. He was was the religious people of his time. He was the Cadillac of his time religiously. He was in leadership in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that when they stoned Stephen, the first martyr, when they stoned Stephen, that they they took their coats off. And they laid him at the young man's feet by the name of Saul and when he saw the blood of that first martyr Stephen spill on the ground there was something that excited him inside and he took upon himself that he was going to destroy every member of that new that new church that new way of believing they weren't going to believe this they weren't going to do the Jesus way anymore he had decided that he was going to uh, persecute them and prosecute them. And the, the King James even uses the word slaughter them. He even killed men and women for believing what you and I believe today. And so Jesus said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutes. I am Jesus whom thou persecutes. Now let's look at his credentials here. In Philippians 3 5 and 6, Paul said, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, an Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law I was a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteous which is in the law, blameless. Paul said, I was such a good Pharisee, I was blameless. Well, let me tell you the first thing that they teach all Pharisees coming up. And the first thing they teach their children in every Jewish house, and it is Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, above all, through all, in you all. Amen. Amen. If you would go, you see, you know what's coming up. You know tribulation's coming up, right? Everybody knows tribulation's coming up? You got a stack of those? All right. You know tribulation's coming up, the end of the world's coming up, and you know the Antichrist is going to deceive the world for the first three and a half years? Is that correct? Punch your neighbor hard and tell him he's still in the Word. Brad, you're going to have to get faster, son. He could just took you out right there. Yeah. I know you was listening. But what's going to happen at the middle of the three and a half years? You know what's going to happen. The Antichrist is a man, and he is going to set himself up in the temple and call himself God. And the Jews are going to say, there is no way. Because a man cannot declare himself as God, for God is a spirit, and Abraham's God and our God is an invisible God. So when you come to a Jew that knows the word and, and knows the law and knows what they believe, and you say to them, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, they immediately hit the switch and turn you off. Because they don't believe all that, because here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And Paul said, these are my credentials, and this is what I've learned. Some New Testament examples of this, Colossians 1.15. King James says this, who is the image of the invisible God? We're talking about Christ, the firstborn of every creature. The New Living says it like this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. When they saw Jesus Christ, they saw God in flesh. You see, as God, he calmed the storm. As man, he slept in the boat through the storm. As God, he fed 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish. But as man, he got hungry. What am I talking about? I'm talking about there is a dual nature that you have to realize that Jesus Christ was. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. Now, we are like that to a certain extent today. We are 100% man, and we also have 100% spirit inside of us. The spirit inside of us is not the eternal God like it was in Jesus Christ. But that spirit is going to live on forever. What does it say in Genesis? We're created in the what? The image of God? And so as we walk on this earth, my spirit keeps me alive. My spirit gives me my, my strength and my power in my body. And, and when my body is done, my spirit's going to leave. But I'm going to live on forever. Why? Because I'm dual nature. I'm 100% spirit and I'm 100% man. The Amplified says it like this. Now he, Christ, is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of of the invisible he is the firstborn of all creatures when jesus walked on the earth he was the only one walking the earth are you seeing what i'm saying when he was walking on water he was the only one walking on the water when he was getting ready to ascend he was the only one he wasn't going to go up and meet the rest of his family because you see, remember, I'm going to bust this open in a minute here. He was all in all. He said, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Colossians 2, 7. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, who Christ, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving Paul is telling the Colossians here I want you to get strong in the Lord I want you to get strong in what you believe why because something's coming up here in verse 8 see to it that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you yourselves captive by his so-called philosophies and intellectualism and vain deceit idle fantasies and plain nonsense following human tradition men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. What is Paul saying to the Colossians? Be careful not to be deceived because deception is going to come. They're going to try to carry you off with uh, man-made ideas and philosophies. They're going to try to get you with their intellectualism and their vain deceits. He said, listen, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental... teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah you see the enemy wants to dumb it down the enemy wants to make it understandable to you the enemy wants to say you know pastor just lost his mind not really I mean fig leaves don't work fig leaves are good for a couple days but hey after a while man You're going to have to get a new set of fig leaves because it's not going to work. So, Paul is saying here there's intellectualism, there is vain deceit coming, there is nonsense coming, there is men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. Listen, this is a spirit walk. If you're going to be successful living for God, you're going to have to learn how to walk in the spirit. Uh Uh-huh, right? Marcus, you played football? If you wanted to play good football, you had to learn how to walk like the football players walked. You had to learn the plays. You had to learn the technique. Backyard football wasn't going to do it anymore. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? whatever you're and he's saying here you have got to be careful what's coming down the pike here establish yourself get your roots deep because there's philosophies coming that are going to be rooted in the world there's philosophies coming that are going to come from man's intellect and it's not going to be of the spirit world watch this for in him the whole fullness of deity the Godhead who is him that is a pronoun that is talking about Christ in him the whole fullness of deity The Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. What he was saying here was when you see Christ, you are seeing the whole Godhead in bodily form. When you see Jesus walking down the road, you're seeing the Father walk down the road. When you see Jesus walking down the road, you're seeing the Son walking down the road. When you see Jesus walking around town, you're seeing the Holy Ghost walking around town because it's all in him, brothers and sisters. Look at me. Look how good I look. I'm in my third trimester continual <sighs> you think you'll be as big as me before it's all over Addie I bet you will because you're skinny winny. you see me I'm just one person but I'm a father I have lived in the role of father for 30 years. Oh, good Lord. How can that be when I'm only 38 years old? Wow. I am a son. I am the, I am the offspring. I am the fruit of Ed and Wanda Zimmerman's boughs. Let's keep it scriptural. There you go. How about that? I'm a son. And what gives my body life, you know, we talked about it three times today, is the spirit that lives inside of me. But you're not just seeing a third of me standing here. You're seeing everything I am in one bodily form. Hallelujah. When you saw Jesus, you saw the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in bodily form. All of it right there walking down the road. It wasn't Jehovah Jr. walking down the road. It wasn't Jesus the big daddy in the spook walking down the road. It was all in Jesus Christ walking down the road. And Paul told the Colossians, he said, For in Christ the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form. Amen. And you are in him made full, and having come to fullness of Christ... In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all of in authority and every angelic principality and power. Guess what? When I received the Holy Ghost into my life, I got the whole Godhead in my life at that time. I got everything that the Father was. I got everything that the Son was. I got everything that the Holy Ghost was. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? That's why you can walk through this earth and you can command devils and devils back away. I was talking to somebody who threw text a week or so ago, and, and we were just kind of joking around. I'm trying to get this guy to come to church, and he was telling me what he was afraid of, and he said he was afraid of the devil. Well, I was getting tired, and I didn't want to go into a lot of detail, but I didn't time I wasn't afraid of the devil. But I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm actually more afraid of Amy than I am of the devil. I hold, I hold her in highest regard. Although she's losing weight and withering away, I think I can take her one of these days. Are oh, you see what I'm saying? You can walk around in authority and power because you have the whole Godhead in you. Oh yeah, and you know, it, it amazes me. There are people who get who who get so frustrated. I'm I'm going to jump in ahead of my notes, but I'm going to say it right here. I just feel to say it. I have met people, they've come into church here, they've got the Holy Ghost, they see the revelation of God in Christ and the whole fullness of the Godhead living in, and and they say, you know, this makes me feel so much better because for years, I was always upset that I wasn't praying to one of them long enough. Because, you know, you're going to have to give 15 minutes to the Father and pray 15 minutes to the Son and pray 15 minutes to the Holy Ghost if you believe that they're all separate and distinct because lord knows you don't want to make one of them mad huh but brother when you when you call on the name of jesus oh i was in alex informed me the other day that on the on youtube that is now really that we shouldn't use the name jesus his real name is yahshua i said really hmm So I've been walking with the Lord almost 41 years, and I tell you, when I pray in the name of Jesus, things happen. When we come together, we say the name of Jesus, and things happen. Yeshua is the Hebrew or the Greek for Jesus. That's all it is. And Paul said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, you know, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus for my food. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus for my healing. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus for my protection. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I don't have time when that car pulls out in front of me and I'm hitting my brakes to scream, most gracious heavenly Father. I just yell out, Jesus! Jesus! And then somehow look in the rearview mirror and that car is still going through the intersection and I'm on the other side doing just fine. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'll tell you, we've got to be careful what we watch on YouTube and on the computer. You might need to take about 98% of that and flush twice and hope it gets to the Gulf of Mexico as soon as it does because you're going to make sure it all measures up to the Word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's got to stand on the Word. If the Word doesn't support it, then you cannot partake of it, brothers and sisters. Oh, somebody Somebody better pick up what I'm dropping right now. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise. Would you do it? I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished yelling and bellerning. Galatians 4.4 4 says, and when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman made under the law. Why? To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. There could not be a redemption until there was a body. You had to have a body. That had blood in it in order to redeem, because without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. Right. Come on now. And because you are sons, right? God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out of Father. Woo-hoo. Yeah. That's what God's plan in the nutshell right there. I have to robe myself in flesh. I have to shed pure, innocent blood, and I have to be the sacrifice. I have to be the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. 1 John 5, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three, everybody say three. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. One. What do you think you're going to see when you get to heaven? How many do you think you're going to see? Now, there's a Bible out there that's a tremendous Bible. It's a tremendous Bible. It is a wonderful Bible for study, The the guy that designed it, the study system, is incredible. When I was in Bible college, I got one of these Bibles. I think Ginger might have one of these Bibles. Okay. But this guy, this guy believed that when he got to heaven, he was going to see three. His name is Phineas J. Dake. And if you open up his Bible, his study Bible, to the, you know, say the, the Godhead, it'll have three thrones and three sitting on the throne. Now, I don't know. The Bible says that there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now, why did it put the Word there instead of the saying the Son? Because the Word was the thought, the intent, the motive, right? And these three are one. He said He's the first and the last. Isaiah 44, 6, let's say it, the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Revelation 1:17, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Ooh. We're going to have some competition here. The God in the Old Testament said, I am the first and the last. And now Jesus in the New Testament is saying, I am the first and the last. Oh, I don't think so. It is one and the self same. It says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of, de- of hell and of death. The same I am in Isaiah is the same I am in Revelation. When you see Jesus, you got the whole package. Oh, yeah, one Lord and one king. Zechariah fourteen nine, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth, and in that day there shall be one Lord. Everybody say, one Lord. And his name, one. Matthew 2, 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king? of the Jews we got two kings we're going to have a mutiny we're going to have problems there ain't no two kings the same king in the Old Testament in Zechariah is the same king that was born in Bethlehem that night December 25th and Jesus' birthday you know how many people really believe that was Jesus' birthday it's alright one King, one Lord. First Timothy three sixteen, and great and important and weighty we confess is the hidden truth, a mystic secret of godliness. He who, God, was made visible in human flesh. God was made visible in human flesh. Justified and vindicated in the Holy Spirit, seen by angels preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. You say, okay, pastor, if he was God, who was Jesus praying to in the garden, the flesh was praying to the spirit because the spirit did not want to die or the flesh didn't want to die. Flesh didn't want to die. How many of you want to die? Well, I can can believe this boat. How many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you want to die to go to heaven? You want the rapture. I know you do. Yeah. Nobody wants to die. The flesh is praying to the spirit. Who's Jesus? What's Jesus? Who's he talking to on the cross when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was his flesh talking to his spirit that was getting ready to be snatched out and pulled out of that body because that flesh was getting ready to die because that spirit was getting ready to leave. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? You talk to yourself. All of us are self-employed, and every time you have a board meeting, it's unanimous. Whatever your decision was, it's unanimous. Who is Jesus talking to in the garden? Flesh, praying to spirit. Let's get an understanding here. I want to share something with you. This is going to help you. I remember my first time reading the New Testament. Are you winning the war? Trying? Put him in the nursery. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't look at me like that. Say yes, baby. It's your birthday weekend still. Man. Come on. Happy birthday, Tracy. First time reading the New Testament. I was almost convinced there wasn't three, but there were two. Anybody ever read the New Testament and said, hey, this sounds like there's two God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? Right? Okay, there's a key word there that you've got to look at, and that is the word K A I, Kai. Kai. Apparently, it's a primary participle, having a compulative, and thank you, Ginger, and sometimes also a cumulative force. My sister was a grammar major with a master's degree in high school. She was a high school English teacher. Why? Why? Never mind. So she would like that. But listen, it means this, and also even so then, too, etc. Often using connection or composition with other particles or small words. So down here at the bottom it says KJV, King James Version. All of those words that you would see in the King James are that word Kai, which means and or even. Now, let me help you with this. Ephesians 6.23 Peace be to the brethren with, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. From God the Father, even the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means, right? Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father, even in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Titus 1.4, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, even the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Remember, there's only one Savior. God's a Savior and Christ is a Savior. Are there two Saviors? Don't think so. I'm just giving you these so you can kind of understand as you read along here. 2 John 3, Grace be unto you, mercy, and peace from God the Father, even from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and in love. So, who? What's going? What's going on in heaven? Revelation chapter four, verse one. I'm almost finished. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, "Come up hither, and I will show ye the things which must be hereafter." And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne. Everybody say a throne. Was set in heaven and one. Everybody say one. One set on the throne. One set on the throne. We get to heaven. The only one we're going to see you know who. One God, three manifestations. Father in creation, Son in redemption, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost in regeneration, being born again. Yes, one God works three ways. Manifestations, not persons. You see, persons was put in there is because we were trying, man is trying to explain the Godhead, which is a mystery, with human understanding. Now, we do know this, that flesh and blood will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Right? John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So that Jesus says right there, If you're not born again of water and Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So, all of these years, man is trying to explain a spiritual concept of the Godhead with human, physical, natural understanding. But Jesus said, flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom because you're going to have to come in in a spiritual sense. First Corinthians 1548, "As the earthy, as is the earthy, such are they that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So there is a different nature that I'm going to put on one day. Now I can realize who God is because when His spirit comes into my life, There is something called the seven spirits of God. You ever heard of those? There are the seven spirits of God. There's a spirit of understanding. There's a spirit of revelation. You can find these in Isaiah. Now, when when you received the Holy Ghost and you read the Bible, after you received the Holy Ghost, did it make more sense? Sure it did. You know why? Because you were reading it with the eyes of the one who wrote it. That makes all the sense in the world. And so we have borne the image of the earthy. We saw, shall also bear the image of the heavenly. I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither corruption inherit incorruption. Here it is. You know what that is? That's water. That's water. Good OH2O. Two parts hydrogen, hydrogen, one part oxygen. Right? Now, but water comes in three different forms. But it never loses its compound. It's still H2O. It's just in a different form. When the H2O in the pattern is a tight pattern, you have what's called ice. You see that over there on the left? Yes? Okay. When the pattern is attached but loose... You have water, but still, it's H2O. And finally, when it's all separated in particles, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, it becomes steam. But it does not change, and it's not anything different than H2O. It's the same way with God. He was God as Father, and He was God in the body of the Son given to Him from the earthly mother, for redemption, and then you, we read it a hundred years ago when we started this sermon. We read it a hundred years ago when he said, "I am with you, but I shall be in you." Why was the Son going to enter into the Holy and where the Holy Ghost was supposed to be? No, the Son and the Holy Ghost are one and the same as well. How about the good old egg? The good old egg. The egg has a shell. The egg has a white. The egg has a yolk. It's still just one egg. That's all it is. But you see, man has tried to put God, who is spiritual, and, and explain him in a human way. So it's not persons, but it's manifestations of the way God has worked. Let's all stand. And here's a, here's a slide that I was going to get to that I got, had to just do it then. Equal time. Equal time. I don't know if you know anybody or not, but I'm telling you. I have met people, you know, a lot of people come to our church here that have never received the Holy Ghost. Some have, but they, they're like, you know what, Pastor? It's so much easier praying now that I understand who God is. I said, what? Because listen, I grew up in this. It's all normal to me. People, preachers running on top of pews, people rolling in the floor. That's just normal. I don't know if there's anything in church that would happen that I have never dreamed or seen or could even fathom. But they say, you know what? I used to get so, so stressed out because I wanted to make sure that I prayed to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost all equal time because I didn't want to let one out. And I said, oh, sister, when you pray in the name of Jesus, You're praying to all of them right there on the spot. Isn't that nice? So you don't have to worry about equal time. You don't have to worry about it at all. The Almighty of the Old Testament arrived on earth in the body of Jesus Christ. Do you know, have you ever read where in the New Living Translation when Jesus said I could call 12 legions of angels do you know how many angels that is when he said I could call 12 legions legions of angels and they would take me off of this cross 12 legions in the New Living Translation translate 80 thousand I could call 80 thousand angels to take me out of here right now and that's how Jesus could say all power is given to me both in heaven and in earth so when you get to heaven the only one we will ever see is Jesus Christ that's it that's the only one we're ever going to see and God had to have a plan because you know fig leaves don't last our ways don't last our plans don't last but his plans last his plans last amen amen Ginger, let Tim bust those up Give one to Tim and what Pile of Tim and Brad. I want to pass these out. Make sure every family gets at least one, maybe or for everybody. I want you to pass these out. These are for you to take home. These are called wheels of prophecy. This kind of goes into a little bit more detail what I've talked about the last couple of weeks. But I want you to be, I want you to be sure and I want you to know who Jesus really is. And it's not co equal, co-eternal, and coexistent. Jesus said all power in heaven and on earth belongs to me. All power. He was the mighty God in Christ. The mighty God in Christ. Amen. So realize when you're walking down the the aisle there at Walmart, you know, Kaylin, when you're walking down the aisle and you're needing a booster seat, you're needing more diapers, the whole Godhead is walking down the baby aisle right there the whole Godhead uh huh the whole Godhead is walking right down through there at that time you know why because in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and it's in us we weren't we weren't redeemed by a second rate savior we were redeemed by the God of eternity the same one that said let there be is the same one that fills your life today and fills your heart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to sing? Yeah, come on. Let's all gather around here. Let's all gather around before we leave. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for a spirit of understanding and a spirit of revelation to come upon each of us. One of my prayers is... Years ago, years ago, I worked for a pastor on the East Coast, and that guy could take a thought out of a scripture and just, just, he preached to thousands all over the world. And I'm like, Lord, if I could just see, can you give me some insight in these scriptures? Can I see something? Lord, give us understanding to understand your scriptures more. Lord, talk to me. Talk to us, Lord, in your word in a more How about this intimate way talk to me more about your word and talk to me about your plans in a more intimate way let my heart and my spirit be open let my ears be ready to hear and my heart to receive God what the spirits wanting to do in this last hour with me first and then with the church hallelujah let's pray right now as you sing pray Lord in the name of Jesus I pray right now a spirit of revelation and understanding upon your people I pray, Lord, that you would touch each and every one of us and open up our spirits wide. Open up our spirits wide, Lord, that we can receive what the Holy Ghost wants to give us. And, Lord, when we say the Holy Ghost, we're not talking about the third person. We are talking, Lord, about your spirit, the only one spirit, the eternal spirit in the universe of God. Let the Holy Ghost open up our hearts right now. Let us, Lord, stand under an open heaven and let it come come upon us, revelation and understanding of what you want to do in our lives. Lord, open up your word to us in a more intimate way in the name of Jesus that as we read in our devotions and as we read in our study and, Lord, the scriptures, let the scriptures, Lord, burn within us like the the pair said on the road to Emmaus. Lord, let in, in our hearts, let your spirit burn and your word burn God. Draw us closer to you, more intimate, more powerful, more closer, God. That I can understand you in such a mighty, mighty way. In a better way. Lord, let understanding come right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song. You're the love of my life. Hallelujah. You
1: are Let's
0: Now, Lord, as we get ready to leave this place, we will leave this place in this wonderful feeling, this wonderful atmosphere of camaraderie and unity and brotherhood. Lord, and we will begin our journeys for the week by ourselves without our brothers and sisters around. But, Lord, we will not be on those journeys without your presence. We will not be on those journeys, Lord, without your hand to guide us and lead us, without, Lord, your spirit to walk with us. Lord and let us walk in revelation now in a new realm and let us realize that the entire Godhead walks with me everywhere I go the entire Godhead Christ in you the hope of glory dwells in my temple don't you know Paul said to the Corinthians do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost so Lord let us realize that in the name of Jesus let us realize that that word temple Lord, there in the Greek comes from the word nahos, which means the most holy place. So that most holy place that was visited one time a year by the high priest in the Old Testament with the blood of that lamb to roll ahead the sins of the people one more year, my temple now is that holy place that houses that Ark of the Covenant, that thing representing the Spirit. But, Lord, it's not an Ark of the Covenant. It's not a piece of furniture anymore. But, God, it's your presence, your living, powerful presence. God, your glorious presence. Anybody glad for his glorious presence in your life? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, as we leave this place, let your presence become real. Let your presence become evident. Let your presence, God, Cling to us, Lord. Let a residue of this place and a residue of this presence go with each and every one, Lord. Hallelujah. Speak to us in the nighttime hours. Speak to us in the daytime. Oh, God, do what you've got to do in our lives and do, Lord, what you want to do with our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Somebody said, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing it one more time. With all our heart.
1: You are the lover more than this world to me, I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold, I wouldn't trade you for riches untold, you are
0: some praise. You got a hand praise for him today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're dismissed. Take those wheel of prophecies home with you. Study those. Look and see what the Lord wants to do in your life. God wants to build his kingdom in your